Thoughts and Answers begins right now. It doesn't take long to realize that we are seeing a rapid growth in apostasy and false teaching in the culture and in the church today. One of the signs of Jesus' return is the rise in false teaching and an increase in apostasy. What is apostasy? Where do apostates and false teachers come from? How can we identify apostates and false teachers? You're tuned to Evidence and Answers radio broadcast with our host, Pat Zukran. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. In our broadcast today, Pat explains the rise of apostasy and how Christians and churches can prepare for this rising challenge. Now with part one of the coming apostasy is our host, Pat. All right, let's turn to 2 Thessalonians. And as we begin, let's pray together. Lord, we pray that, man, we'd be inspired by your word. This morning, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're going through our series on the end times, and Pastor Jason wanted me to cover a few subjects. So our first two messages are messages of warnings. And then our last two, we get to talk about some fun and exciting stuff. So we get the bad news first, and then starting next week, we're going to get some good news. Now, we first spoke on the coming judgment of Christ. The judgment comes before the kingdom. Today, we're going to speak on another event that will occur shortly before his coming for the church, and that is the coming great apostasy. One of the signs of Jesus' return is the rise in false teaching and the increase in apostasy. And this is something Jesus and the apostles warned us about when they were here with us. They warned us that as we get closer to his return, there's going to be a noticeable increase in the rise of false teachers and turning away from Christ and apostate teaching and false teaching will rise and increase and deceive many. And what we are seeing today are the words of Christ and the apostles indeed coming to pass. And Second Thessalonians warns us that before Christ comes, there will be a great apostasy, a great turning away from the faith. So as we near the return of Christ, this is what we should expect to see. We should expect to see a rise in false teaching and increase in apostasy. And indeed, that's what we're seeing today. Now, first, let's take a look at the what, where, how, and why of apostasy and apostates, right? First, the what. What is apostasy? Well, the Greek word apo means away. Histemi means to stand. So literally, apostasy means to stand away from. So apostasy in the biblical context means to depart from known truth. You knew the truth and deliberately rejected and turned and walked away. Apostates then are people who knew the truth, professed faith in Christ, and then turned away and walked away from their faith in Christ. 1 John 2.19 states that, Apostates were never truly saved. John says they went out from among us, but they were never really of us. Those who truly are saved would remain in the faith. But that's what an apostate, and that's what apostasy is, knowing the truth and then deliberately turning away and embracing what is false. The where of apostasy. Where do apostates and apostate teaching come from? 
Well, I think 2 Peter chapter 2 gives us the best answer on that. Peter writes, But false prophets arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. So Paul says, like in Old Testament times, false prophets were found amongst the people of God. They arose from the people of God. And he says, just as there will be false teachers among you in the body who will secretly bring in destructive heresies there. So apostates arise from within the church and they will be mixed in to the body of Christ here. And says, they secretly bring in their destructive heresies. Now, the Greek word there for secretly, it's a dark and sinister word. It means to lead or bring in secretly, craftily, to smuggle in. In other words, false teaching and false teachers, it's not going to be so obvious, all right? They are going to introduce their error mixed with truth, okay? That's how false teaching comes in. Not everything they teach is going to be false. It's error mixed with truth. It's false teaching piggybacked on true principles. That's how false teaching gets smuggled into the church, right? One of my favorite shows that I watch, which drives my wife nuts, it's To Catch a Smuggler. I don't know if you guys watch that. You guys watch it? All right. It's one of my favorite shows. You know, it, it, I'm just fascinated by the incredible number of ingenious ways people try to smuggle illegal goods into a country. You know, I first began watching it because it was on the San Diego border where I spent a lot of time and my friends have stores there. So I didn't know what the show was, but I was like, hey, I see my friend's store. Well, it's, it's incredible how they got drugs and illegal paraphernalia in the tires, you know, in the gas tank of the car, in secret compartments in the car. I mean, in the bumper, it's just fascinating. Or at the airports, how these suitcases have secret compartments there or in the handle, you know, the one you pull up when you roll it, man, there's drugs in there. It's just ingenious. Uh, in the shoes, uh, I saw one guy, he had about a dozen birds there under his pants around his, um, you know, where his underwear is. I don't know how the bird survived. Man, <laughs> torture. Anyway, but what's more ingenious is how these DEA agents can sniff it out. They just see something is wrong here, and they go in to investigate, and they expose, you know, the drugs or the illegal paraphernalia that people are bringing into the country. And, you know, my wife kind of goes nuts because now I've been watching it for a little while and, and she sees me shouting at the TV, you know, it's in the bumper, check the bumper. Or, you know, he's lying, that guy's lying. He swallowed the drugs or whatever. People shout at football games, you know, I shout at how to catch a smuggler. Just as these agents can sense that a person is smuggling something in that shouldn't be there, the people of God, you and I, got to be able to be grounded in the word and be able to discern truth from error. And when you see something that just doesn't look right, you're able to expose it in the light of God's word. Third, the how. How do we identify apostates and false teachers? Well, I think Jesus gives us the great guideline here in Matthew 7. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Wolves in sheep's clothing, they look like Christians, they act like Christians, they use the same kind of terminology that we use. Well, how will you recognize them? Jesus says you will recognize them 
by their fruits. And by their fruits, he means not only their character and lifestyle, but their doctrine, the core of what they are teaching. So two marks of apostates and false teachers, false doctrine and ungodly living. They believe wrong and they behave wrong. They deny the key essential doctrines of the Christian faith, okay? The key essential doctrines, things like the Trinity, salvation by faith, the authority and inspiration of God's word, the deity of Christ, the resurrection of Christ, the key doctrines they deny. Remember, one's creed determines one's conduct and ultimately one's character. False teaching and false living go together, hand in hand. That's how you'll identify false teachers and apostates. And why the growth of apostasy? Well, as Satan's time gets nearer to his end, his activity will continue to increase. And that's part of his strategy, right? A regular foot soldier, you can see him coming, all right? And he can only do so much damage. But a spy that infiltrates the enemy camp can wreak absolute havoc. And that's part of his strategy. And also, in our day, we are seeing a lack of strong Bible teaching, of theology, and defense and teaching of the Christian worldview. And as a result, there's a lack of maturity in many who profess Christ. Lack of maturity in biblical knowledge and character. So false teachings and apostate teachings proliferates in the church. That's why we're so delighted that you've got some great Bible teaching here at Mililani Community Church. We ought to really take advantage uh, of the great teaching you get here. It's getting harder and harder to find. Well, my students always ask me, what's a good example of apostates and apostate teaching that we should be aware of? Well, one of the best examples is Dr. Bart Ehrman. Bart Ehrman, if you listen to his testimony and you watch him in the debates that he has had with several of uh, my friends here, he states he grew up in the evangelical church. He had a, quote, born-again experience of Jesus Christ. And he went to Moody Bible Institute. Uh, some of you went to that fine institution there and then later got his bachelor's at Wheaton College, fine Christian college there in Illinois that has produced many fine Christian leaders. Well, he went on to graduate school, got his master's and doctorate at Princeton Seminary. And Princeton, that once the bastion of evangelical training and teaching. Jonathan Edwards was one of the first presidents, I think, first or second president of that great university. There, Jonathan Edwards, perhaps the finest theologian and scholar that America has ever produced now. This school's now just overrun in liberal liberalism. And there, Bart Ehrman rejected inspiration and inerrancy of the scriptures, and then eventually rejected his faith in Christ. Now he's either an atheist or an agnostic. He's a prolific writer. He has about half dozen bestsellers on the New York Times bestseller list. His books proliferate university, seminaries, and high school campuses. Whenever I'm working with university students or I'm on live radio, they're always presenting me arguments from the writings of Bart Ehrman. He's got some best-selling books out there that destroy 
or attempt to destroy the credibility of the resurrection and the historical reliability of the Gospels. Some of his books you may have heard of out there, Forged, Misquoting Jesus, How Jesus Became God. He's got a tremendous following out there. And he's dangerous because he knows the arguments we evangelical Bible-believing Christians present. He's very familiar with them. And so his arguments, if you are not well-grounded, are quite persuasive here. And his teachings have destroyed the faith of thousands throughout the world. So he's one of the most dangerous out there. Uh, We have some more not as dangerous, but kind of at the popular level. We have here Josh Harris. I remember when I was working with youth, when the girls would come up to me and say, Pat, you got to read this book. You got to read this book. And I'm like, what book is that? You know, I kiss dating goodbye. I always, once a year, I gave a talk, just once a year, one time a year, I would give the uh, seminar on, you know, dating, finding the right mate, whatever we called it. And it seems like that's the only thing I was ever known for. I thought I spent most of my time teaching Bible and apologetics and Christian worldview, world religions, ethics, but it seems the only thing they remember is the dating class, you know, and I remember at their weddings, you know, they would get up and speak and say, we want to thank Pat. He taught us all about dating. So, you know, I had to stop teaching that. I, I didn't want to be known as the dating man, you know. <laughs> I want to know about apologetics or something. I mean, well, anyway, so read Josh, I remember having numerous discussions on this book, Josh Harris. A lot of good things in there. He became a megachurch pastor in his 20s, all right, and recently has announced publicly and written that he has departed, left his faith in Christ and become agnostic. Josh Steingard, leader of the Christian band Hawk Nelson, recently announced that he has abandoned his faith in Christ and gone agnostic. Uh, I remember youth, you know, I, I teach there at the seminary and some of my students introducing me to his music. I try to convince them that real Christian music, you know, was in the 80s there with Petra, and, you know. Uh, but uh, anyway, Well, he recently announced he walked away from his faith. Uh, They're not as dangerous as a guy like Bart Ehrman, but they do indeed on a popular level have a big following with young people. But apostasy will grow. And there is an imminent danger that threatens every church and every believer in Christ. And Paul teaches us in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, there's going to be a great rebellion or an apostasy that will occur before Christ coming for his church. He writes here in verse 2 and 3. He states, Now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered together to him, we ask you, brothers, not to be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed, either by spirit or spoken word or letter seeming to be from us, to the effect that the day of the Lord has already come. Let no one deceive you in any way, for that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed the son of destruction. Now, the context here, Paul was writing, addressing a false teaching that had spread throughout the Thessalonian believers here. And the false teaching that had spread was that they had missed the coming of Christ and they were in the tribulation. And Paul says, oh, hang on, two things got to happen, all right, before the tribulation. Two things, the great rebellion Or some of your translations reads the falling away, or the New American Standard says the apostasy. 
and the man of lawlessness must arise. Right now, the word apostasy there or rebellion, it has the definite article in front of it, okay? The rebellion, the apostasy, or some of your translations, the falling away, okay? He's talking about a specific event here. And this apostasy, it's a large worldwide scale turning away from Christ by those who once professed faith in Christ. John Calvin, a great reformer, 16th century theologian, in his commentary on 2 Thessalonians wrote this. He said, Paul uses the term rebellion or apostasy to mean a treacherous departure from God, not on the part of one person or a few individuals, but such as would spread far among a wide circle of people. Now, nobody can be called an apostate, but he who had previously professed to follow Christ and the gospel. Paul, therefore, is predicting a general rebellion in the visible church. In other words, Christianity is heading towards a great falling away. And then the second thing that would occur, you have the great rebellion or the great apostasy, then the man of lawlessness will be revealed. Paul writes, the man of sin who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called God or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God. This man exalts himself and proclaims himself to be God to the entire world in the holy temple of Jerusalem. So the rise of the Antichrist and the great apostasy go together. The great apostasy will prepare the world to receive the Antichrist. So there's a direct connection here between the final apostasy and the rise of the Antichrist. The final apostasy prepares the way for the rise of the Antichrist. There will come a time when false apostate teaching will dominate the earth. And that is how the Antichrist can arise and gain such a great worldwide following. And as we near the return of Christ, we will see an increase in false and apostate teaching. The growth of apostate or false teaching is at a level we have never seen before in the history of the church. William Booth, he is the founder of the Salvation Army, predicted that Christianity would not fare well in the 21st century. By the end of the 20th century, he predicted we would be preaching Christianity without Christ, forgiveness without repentance, salvation without regeneration, heaven without hell. And indeed, that is what we are seeing today. I get to speak uh, and interact with Christians all over the world. And these are the kinds of things that are proliferating in a way we have never seen before. Dr. Mark Hitchcock, if you want to read eschatology, read Mark Hitchcock. All right, he's a friend. He pastors a great church there in Oklahoma, one of the premier scholars now on eschatology. And he states, there's no doubt today that a deepening deception and surging apostasy are upon us. What we see in the visible church today is nothing short of shocking. We are witnessing the increase and intensification of apostasy. We should expect if the coming of Christ is near. Another outstanding Professor in this arena is the late Dr. J. Dwight Pentecost. Many of us got to study under him. Some of you have probably read his material. And he states this, Abundant evidence on every hand shows that men are departing from the faith. 
Not only do they doubt the word of God, they openly reject it. This phenomenon has never been as prevalent as today. In the period of the Dark Ages, men were ignorant of the truth, but never was there an age when men openly denied and repudiated the truth. This open, deliberate, willful repudiation of the truth of the Bible is described in Scripture as one of the major characteristics of the last days of the church on earth. Now, false and apostate teaching abound today. There is so much, more than I can shake a stick at. But I'm just going to highlight just some of the most predominant forms we see in the culture, but infiltrating the church today. Of course, we have the kingdom of the cults. Cults are groups that claim to be Christian, but reject essential Christian doctrine. They reject the doctrine of the Trinity, the deity of Christ, salvation by faith alone. So in the kingdom of the cults, they teach a different God, a different Jesus, and a different gospel. And you know some of the big ones out there, Mormon, Jehovah Witness, and rise of many others. Iglesia Ni Cristo uh, is another one. If you go to the Philippines, the second largest denomination, okay, number one is Catholicism, number two by far, by far, way bigger than the Baptists, all right, is Iglesia Ni Cristo, okay? And they are increasing their presence all over the world. We see a return of the Moonies, groups like the International Church of Christ coming out of Boston and others. We have the rise of the cults. Next, we have liberalism. Liberal theology dominates our Christian colleges, seminaries, uh, and in many of our denominations today. Liberal theology rejects the biblical view of God, that he is the creator, sovereign ruler, and active in the universe. And so they reject divine inspiration. Miracles okay, cannot happen. Right? They, so they reject the authority of the Bible, its inspiration, its inerrancy. Therefore, liberalism rejects the possibility of miracles. So they reject the deity and the resurrection of Christ. So you reject the authority of the Bible, the deity, the resurrection of Christ. I mean, when you reject all that, really, what, what's left? of Christianity. But this theology dominates throughout our country. We have the growth of pluralism or universalism that says all religions are the same and equal and valid ways to God. Recent surveys show that 70% of Americans with religious affiliation believe all religions lead to eternal life. A recent study by my colleagues there at Probe Ministries in Dallas discovered that 60% of evangelicals believe that all religions lead to eternal life. Okay, so if you believe John 14, 6, that Jesus is the only way to eternal life, in the church today then, you are in the minority. And the many churches I get to preach at, you can see that we are indeed now in the minority. Then we have perversions like the prosperity gospel, that the death of Christ not only includes forgiveness of sin, but also the promise of health and wealth for every believer in Christ. And in the prosperity gospel, roles are reversed. God becomes our servant. When we ask and claim things by faith, he is obligated to answer our prayers and give us the things that we desire. And so roles are reversed there.
Some of the largest churches in the country preach the prosperity gospel. They're buying out stadiums and coliseums. They're huge. Uh, and when I'm in countries in Southeast Asia, uh, in Africa, some of the poorest countries of the world, we're doing pastors' conferences with 100, 200. And down the road, the soccer stadium is filled with tens of thousands of people. And I wonder, wow, what's going on? <laughs> it's the prosperity preachers coming to town, exploiting the people of their finances and then leaving town. Once again, we've run out of time. Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers. Our goal is to bring you the love of Christ and His teaching as it relates to today's current events. If you would like to hold an apologetics conference or series of teachings at your facility, give Pat a call at 483-0586, or you may email him through the Evidence and Answers website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. Be sure to browse through our listing of topics on our site. We have everything from atheism to Zen Buddhism. You will also find articles and additional audio for you to listen to or download. To keep quality broadcasts, like Pat's on the Air, we rely on generous financial support from you, our listeners. Donating is simple. Just log on at evidenceandanswers.org. Evidence and Answers is grateful for one of our sponsors, the Honolulu Christian Church. If you don't have a home church and are looking for a great place to grow in your faith, check out the Honolulu Christian Church. For service times, log in at honoluluchristian.org. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide compelling reasons for faith in Christ. That's Evidence and Answers with Pat Zucran. Wake up.